This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your President's Day, February 21st. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who waves that American flag extra high. He is a President's Day proponent, Jerem Jordan. Is that what today is? Apparently it is. Oh, sweet. Great, let's go. <laughs> Told it's a holiday. No one's here. Yeah. It's a holiday for most. Yeah, I scheduled a couple meetings uh, today, and people were like, mm-hmm. oh, that's a holiday. I was like, it is? Oh, okay. Not for us. Okay, cool. Well, I do have something you can wave the flag about. A loaded show lineup, which includes the NCAA tournament bubble for BYU men's basketball. Did it just pop for the Cougars after a loss to St. Mary's, or is there still a chance to earn that sneaky at-large bid? Dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler joins us live with his uh, postseason path, rather, for BYU basketball. His BYU spring football preview as well. Spring ball in a week. And don't forget a record-setting day for BYU women's hoops and new bracketology fun all around. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Men's basketball lost uh, 69-64 at St. Mary's. Cougars trailed by as many as, what, 16? Headed down to three with the buck 46 left. Didn't score after that. Alex Barcelo led the way with 22. ESPN's Joe Lenardi has BYU third out in the bracket. Not good, Bob. Not good. What is good is BYU women's basketball dominates Gonzaga 63-39 in front of a Marriott Center record to ever watch women's hoops crowd 6,289 on senior day. The Cougars with an inside track to an outright WCC regular season title for just the second time ever. BYU held Gonzaga to a season low in scoring and extended their home win streak to 30 games. Tegan Graham said, Spencer, I never lost in this building. That is awesome. Oh, yeah, that's true. Shaley Gonzalez led the Cougars with 21 points. Paisley Harding had 16 points and a career-high seven assists. Incredible showing from the team, from the crowd. It was pretty cool. By the way, the AP poll just came out. Gonzaga stays one. Of course, St. Mary's back in at 23. So there you go. Okay. Fresno B reports BYU and Fresno State have canceled their two football game series from 23 and 27. Cougars have many more games to cancel with three to four non-conference games in the Big 12. A year starting in 2023. Men's and women's track and field, now MPSF champions again after a dominant weekend in Spokane. The men win their third title in a row with a 50-point margin, and the women won their first ever title, beating the second closest team by more than 100 points. Like we said, domination. Ashley Atch scores off the bench five minutes into the match for the USA women's national soccer team against New Zealand. And a 5-0 win thanks to three own goals by McKaylee Moore, not to be confused with the McKaylee Moore who played for BYU the last five years. That's weird. It was Hatch's third career goal for the national team. She continues to play really well. And whenever she gets in, she scores quickly. She scores. That's what she does, man. 19th-ranked BYU Gymnastics tops Southern Utah Friday night with a season-best 197 0.225 top 10 score all time for BYU Gymnastics. Sadie Miner Van Tassel had another career best with an all-around win of 39.525. BYU competing in a quad meet at Stanford this afternoon. Quick turnaround, man. Jeez. Softball beat the Seattle Mariners. Oh, just Seattle. 5-2 on Saturday. Have won eight of the first nine games of the season. Lost that first one. Haven't lost since. They're going. One. They're trying to run the table the rest of the year. So far, so good. 
13th-ranked BYU men's volleyball drops two hard-fought matches over the weekend to number six UC Santa Barbara. The Cougars following three sets to none on Friday. And another tough game, tough match, three sets to one on Saturday night. Friday wasn't close, Saturday was, but it's not looking good for the boys. Mm. Play Grand Canyon this weekend, conference play starts. Let's go, reset button. Men's, uh, the men's team won the MPSF Swim and Dive Championship while the women took third. The next meet is the Texas Last Chance Meet, March 3rd through the 5th. BYU baseball split a doubleheader with Marshall on Saturday. First win of 2022 following a 6-3 loss to the Thundering Herd in Game 1 by bouncing back with a 3-2 victory in Game 2. The Batcats back at it in about 26 minutes against Ohio State in their final game of the Snowbird Classic. Yeah, lost the opener to Indiana State, split with Marshall, Ohio State today, let's go. Shep in the nice warm weather. The Snowbird Classic, is that supposed to be ironic? It's in Port Charlotte, Florida. Men's golf finished fourth in Hawaii on Saturday after a five over final round uh, from Carson Lundell, finished in the top 10. Brandon Davies scores 10 points as Barcelona wins Copa del Rey for a second time in as many years. Brandon still be balling. It's Spanish for the Nino. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Give me your best St. Mary's face. Yep, BYU loses to St. Mary's. Let's go ahead and update the resume, shall we? Starting with the net rankings, BYU down to number 54, dropping three spots from Friday. 52 in Ken Palm, that's minus six spots. And in bracketology, here's where things are still a little, little bit interesting. BYU's just the third team out. But then you compare that to what team ranking says, BYU has all of a 5.2% chance to make the tournament. What in the world? They're still in 84 brackets on bracket makers. And they're in 84 probably, brackets. Probably before Samaria's one. Jerem, looking at those numbers, Bracketology, team rankings, very different ends of the spectrum, it would seem. Are BYU's tournament chances unofficially over, or do they still have a shot? Listen, San Francisco's net is still good enough for BYU to perhaps get a uh, quarterfinal matchup there. Yep. That's 29. So that could be the one game that could help you get in. But it just depends on the bubble. Like, are other teams going to have better wins than you? Uh, North Carolina doesn't have better wins than BYU, yet they're like eight spots in. Yeah. It's good to be North Carolina. It's good to have that history, I guess. Um, it's not always resume, right? It's quality of competition and da da da. <sighs> Feels like it's over, but the San Francisco game would help BYU should they match up. Now, listen, uh, for the past like two weeks, I've been saying, hey, they're going to use, the league's going to use Ken Palm adjusted win percentage. The latest we're hearing is uh, perhaps not. Now they're perhaps moving just away from straight that? up. Win percentage, which if that's the case, um, you know, it sounds like it is. Here are the standings. BYU is in fifth. Now, at the end of this week, let's say BYU wins both, LMU and Pepperdine. Of course, if BYU loses one of these, they are toast. It is over. Um, unless you win the WCC tournament, of course, but that's not going to happen. Okay. Yeah, it's not going to happen. So my question is, me. is it win percentage overall or win percentage in conference? It's in conference only. They don't care about non-con. That's, this is how it always functions. Yeah, just um, clarifying. Yeah, um, listen, uh, BYU is nine and you know I anticipate that San Francisco is going to split this week. They have the Zags and uh, another game they're going to split. They're going to be nine and six. They BYU. play Pacific tonight. They have three games, don't they? 
Okay, they're going to finish nine and six or whatever. <laughs> Are they going to? F- okay, they have a game tonight. You're saying San yes. Francisco does at Pacific. Oh, they're going to be ten and six and above BYU. BYU's five. BYU's going to be the five then. <sighs> now this is why I almost want Ken Palm adjusted win percentage because not everyone's played the same amount of games. BYU will have only played what missed one with Portland, so it is what it is. The Pacific loss will have cost BYU the NCAA tournament probably. Not Santa Clara, although that would have been nice too. But the Pacific loss, because you wouldn't have a bad loss. You wouldn't have had a four-game losing streak either. You wouldn't have had that streak. You, although the streak doesn't matter to the committee per se, but like the Q4 is a really bad one, and uh, you know that that's hanging over BYU. You can have a bad one. Like I've looked at other teams on the bubble that have bad ones. Like there's, like Rutgers is in with three quad three or four losses right now because they have a bunch of late season quad one and quad two they have wins. Six quad one wins, including against number nine Purdue. BYU yes. did not have anything close to that. So. Yeah, it feels like it's probably over, but there's a chance with the San Francisco quarterfinal and then a loss to Gonzaga that maybe, maybe you get in, but probably not. Humor me for a moment, won't you, BYU Sports Nation? As we just pointed out, San Francisco currently third in the West Coast Conference standings. Assuming the Dons lose to Gonzaga, which they will. Okay, yeah, and that's they're tied with Santa Clara, by the way. Then they'll have six conference losses, and... With the rootables in mind, now are we to the point where BYU fans need to root for Santa Clara to win both games this week? Yeah, well, it depends what you want. If you want San Francisco Be- in the quarters, then yeah. Because BYU would prefer, understandably, a quad one opportunity against San Francisco in Las Vegas in a hypothetical projected Saturday quarter final. I don't care if BYU is the four or the five seed. As long as they get the opportunity to play San Francisco – in what just very well could be an elimination game of sorts, a de facto sure. elimination game for an at-large bid because San yep. Francisco is third the last team in last I saw. So they're going to be maybe out after losing to Gonzaga. Okay, so San Francisco's maybe. right there. BYU's three out. If the committee's looking at, okay, well, BYU and San Francisco played three times this season, whoever wins two out of three in that series and has the latest win – well, maybe we just give that team out of the West Coast Conference the nod. If they're going head-to-head for a bid. Yes. If they're not, they don't care. Yeah. It feels like that's BYU's only real shot yeah. to make any type of statement, which is what I was saying last week. You don't have to beat St. Mary's as long as BYU can play San Francisco in Las Vegas. Yeah. that's, that's the only, Listen, you're out, so what are you going to do to get in? San Francisco. You can't just hope that everyone else is going to lose. That's yeah, There's going to be some teams that win and some teams that lose. Root for Santa Clara to win both of their games this week. I know, a little confusing. They're going to lose Saturday. You think they're going to lose they to Portland They will lose at to home? Portland. Portland is, on, Portland is on fire and ticked off that they canceled that first game. Mm. I'm telling you right now, Portland's going to win that if game. this game were at Portland... Then Port- maybe I agree Portland's, with you. The 503 is going to show up. This and game beat is Santa at Clara. Santa Clara. Yeah. Santa Clara knows that they have potential to be the three seed and avoid Gonzaga. Santa Clara's thinking, hey, we could play the Zags in the WCC title and maybe bolster our own resume that way. Yeah, they ain't getting it. Santa Clara's got a lot on the line, too. They're, they're not going to make the tourney. No. Well, I don't think Portland's going to win at Santa Clara. But BYU fans should root for Santa Clara to yeah. finish third because you want San Francisco on Saturday. Yes. That has to happen if you, assuming you have win, any hopes of an at-large. Assuming you win uh, Friday. If you're just going to play on Friday, ah, that's pathetic. BYU then would have, if they play on Friday, if they're at the five seed, yeah. beat LMU and Pepperdine at home this week, which should absolutely happen. 
Those totally. should happen. Oh, if it doesn't, you you aren't going to the NIT. Okay, maybe like both of those games bad. and wins should happen. Then BYU will play the winner if they're the five of the eight nine game, which right now is Pacific or LMU on Friday. Okay? One of those teams has defeated BYU, <laughs> and one of them took BYU to overtime. <laughs> and at that point, like, yeah. Hey. Just win Friday in Vegas and then get to San Francisco on Saturday because maybe BYU is able to work out some kinks and some and shake off some rust and get used to the court, and then San Francisco comes in and has to play their first game on Saturday, and BYU's already played on the court. Maybe they're feeling better. They beat the Dons. They get to Monday's quarterfinal against the Zags, and they have a late boost resume. I hope BYU's motivated because an unmotivated BYU has looked terrible in some of these situations before. Okay. Notably against San Diego twice. What is it, 2012 and 2019? <sighs> it's not feeling good, man. Win both this week. Yep. See how it shakes out. Mm-hmm. Hope you get San Francisco. Hope that a win against that team would be enough. Can this team beat San Francisco right now? I'm not sure. I They totally can. BYU they just need played, to find something that hasn't been there in a couple weeks. BYU played. That's, that's, a, that's hard. Goodness, no. if you just take away like three of the turnovers late in the game on Saturday night, maybe we're talking about a BYU win against St. Mary's because they, yeah. again, they showed the mental strength to climb back into a game. They were down by 16 points in the second half. Don't they go down 16. Fought back. Just make, just take care of the ball. They, they out-rebounded like, St. Mary's. Like take we, care of the ball. If we're going to credit BYU for going down 16, how about we discredit BYU? Or, sorry, for coming back. How about we discredit BYU for going down 16? Like, don't go down 16. Don't let Tommy Cousy go off. Tommy Cousy? This dude isn't even, like, first-team all-league good. St. Like, Mary's why is rolling. this guy going off? They're a top-25 team right now. Because <sighs> they have a good team. They don't have a star, right? They, they don't have – like, do they have a first – Team all-conference player? My point is... maybe one? St. Mary's just played San Francisco and won at home against San Francisco. Close-ish game. BYU did the same with St. Mary's. So it feels like BYU and San Francisco would be a very close match in Las Vegas on a neutral floor. BYU can beat San Francisco on a neutral floor. That can happen. Just give me the opportunity. I just hope it shakes out that way. Because I don't want BYU to play Santa Clara on Saturday because that would not be the statement quad one victory opportunity. And here, here's as we uh, transition out of this in a second, but <sighs> the WCC tournament being early in the week is a real detriment to BYU's hopes here because it's not right at the last second with the committee. This will happen on Saturday, eight days before Selection Sunday. It's not going to be a big statement because all these other games will happen after that. And the WCC is a smaller league. They do it to get on TV, and it makes total sense. But it's not going to be any kind of statement win. The only statement win possible is beating Gonzaga. You don't think that a quad one victory would be a statement on the res? Man, if we're at first of folks on resumes, who cares? They have the they built the resume. Who cares when your resume is complete? It does matter. It does matter. You're going to see other teams do stuff like the day before. Well, that, there'll that be some bid steals. A little more. There'll be some bid steals, but. You Back of the matter comes down if they're comparing BYU and San fat Francisco. Has been rendered on the stake, and now it got cold. You think there are going to be three WCC teams in? I don't, I don't know that. You no. said you you told me that last week on this show. You think there will be three teams? I can change my opinion in a couple days based on different <laughs> games. 
Okay. New information. Have you changed your opinion? You think there's going to be two? I don't know that there will be three. There will be at least two. There's not going to be four. Okay. There's going to be max three. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know that. What if San Francisco loses to both Gonzaga and BYU and BYU doesn't get in? Now it's just Gonzaga and St. Mary's. It's a two-bid league, maybe three. No, no, no. Three are going to get in. Three, three will get in. If we're talking about four the whole season, now all of a sudden two. I was never talking about four the whole season. I thought that was silly. Most of the national analysts were. Right. They're silly. It's not going to happen. All right. Our question of the day, has BYU basketball's bubble opinion. burst, or do you feel like they could still make the NCAA tournament? Let's hear from you, BYUSN, in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Jonathan Hawkinson answers on Twitter. BYU basketball's bubble is currently sitting on a thorn. Well, if that are the case, then it's popped. <laughs> but it hasn't burst yet. How does a bubble sit on a thorn and not burst? This is new what's science. It, what's it made of? A loss between now and Selection Sunday, unless it is to Gonzaga, will burst the bubble, and then it will be NIT, here BYU comes. Hashtag BYUSN. Russ Grizzfather knows what's up. He says, you always know when Jerem Jordan wears his sports sweater, it was not a good day weekend for BYU. <laughs> it's true. We're in on burps. Uh, he does. He does need a, a BYU women's basketball shirt to wear, though. Heck yeah! No, I've. They've given me some swag. It just doesn't say women's hoops specifically. Yeah, I would absolutely wear that. Okay, coming up, safety Malik Moore announces his intent to transfer, but not from BYU. And dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler joins us. Does he believe there is still a path to the NCAA tournament as an at-large for the Cougars? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow night, BYU basketball with Mark Pope. The coach, Greg Bell, review the St. Mary's game, preview the week ahead. LMU and Pepperdine at home. Senior night for Alex Barcel and Tijon Lucy. Tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. You say those names, Alex Barcelo and Tijon Lucas, and it just, right now, it makes my heart hurt because I want those guys, Tijon specifically, was never played in an NCAA tournament to be able to have that opportunity. Illinois didn't go his first few years? No. He's never been to the tournament. If if BYU didn't make it and Alex Barcelo played one game and it lost it, that's rough. Yeah. They, no, they, BYU's in trouble, man. BYU's in real trouble right now. We're live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play on President's Day. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Happy President's Day. Blaine Fowler, dual-threat analyst, national champion for BYU football. Frankly, if he ran for political office, he would have my vote. Blaine, welcome back Depends. to the show. I need to hear some. I need to learn a little more. I like. I like Blaine as a person. I don't yeah. know his stance. Are, on are stuff. you a man that we can trust? <laughs> Jared, Jared doesn't know my platform. Jared needs my I need, platform. I need your before platform. He's yeah. okay with that, right? Now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you will. You will like my platform, Jared. I'm like sure. It. Fantastic. Okay, Blaine. Uh, why don't you offer your political opinion or not on where BYU <laughs> basketball stands on the men's side? and their chances for making the NCAA tournament. I'm of the opinion that if they have a chance to play San Francisco on Saturday in the quarterfinals, maybe that's the elimination game of sorts that gives BYU a chance to get in, keeps the Dons out. Where do you stand on that? Yeah, certainly I think that, that that would be huge, is the opportunity to play them. Because you've got to, they've got to do something. Um, well, first of all, they can't lose any games this week, which I don't – if they play the way they did Saturday night, I think they're, they're in good shape. Honestly, against St. Mary's on the road, I know they didn't come out and play great in the first half, but I think they played gritty enough and came together enough in the second half, barring some turnovers down the stretch. Um, they were good enough to beat anybody in the league except for St. Mary's on the road and Gonzaga anywhere in the world. Um, and and so that's the way if they had played the last couple of weeks, um, 
where we wouldn't even be talking about them being on the bubble at all. Right. And so I felt like they had a coming together in the second half against St. Mary's, but they still have to do something. And then the sad part is, you know, 16 seconds to go into Santa Clara game. They're in a position where we're not even talking about a bubble. Um, and they literally have a meltdown down the stretch, um, which I think carried over to the next game. And now we're talking about bubbles and bubbles sitting on thorns and like all kinds of things. <laughs> and, and we find ourselves, we see, and it's, I, I look at it this way. A pin went into the bubble. Um, but right now the head of the pin is pressed up against the bubble. So just like stuff's leaking around it. Right. That's how precarious they Getting are weird. right now. We're, yeah, it's, that, that's, that's the visual I have where any touch of anything on that, it's just going to, it's just going to burst and be gone. Um, but I think if they get a chance to win these two this week and, and play San Francisco or um, th then all of a sudden there's an opportunity to maybe sneak in, but you, now all of a sudden we're watching all these other teams. Like what's Loyola Chicago doing? Who cared about them two weeks ago? How about Memphis? You know, what, what's Memphis going to do? Now we're watching Michigan, who they're still talking about being e even with a 14-11 record in the Big Ten. North Carolina, you mentioned I'm earlier. I'm going to slap you through Spencer. the camera, Blaine. Yeah, it's, 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 I'm watching TCU, Indiana, and Creighton right now. <laughs> yes, yes, all of them. I didn't even care about those teams two weeks ago. Didn't even care because they didn't matter. But all of a sudden, all of that matters right now. And, and it's completely out of BYU's hands. Um, the, the thing that's in their hands, they got to go win. They got to hope for a good matchup uh, in the tournament, whether it's against, you know, a, a win against San Francisco, I think would be helpful. And, and I don't know, there's a chance they could match up with St. Mary's in that tournament with as crazy as the tiebreakers could be in this thing. I'm, I'm not right enough that they couldn't beat St. Mary's on a neutral floor the way they played the other night. Um, and so one of those two teams they have to play. Uh, Let's not talk Cinderella and all this craziness with Gonzaga. Gonzaga's not losing. They're going to win yeah. the finals in that tournament by 20. They're that good. Yes. So, yeah. I, I, a 16-second melt. People keep talking about 40 seconds. I submit it's in the last 16 seconds that they melted down. 16-second <laughs> so meltdown of St. Clair carries over to the next game, and now we're having a completely di different discussion. But I'm going to say this. I really like the way they played in the second half of that game against St. Mary's. And felt like, whoa, wait a minute. Maybe a little bit of confidence and unity came back to this team. And I saw some fight. Um, and perhaps that carries into this tournament. They're very precarious right now. they got to pin all the way to the head of the pin sticking in the bubble. And the hope is that if BYU plays San Francisco and wins, that that would be enough. That's the hope. Um, <laughs> so It just feels very precarious as we're talking about. One, we need yeah. that matchup. And two... BYU needs to win it, and three, hopefully that's enough. Hopefully that's enough. So we'll see if that even happens in Vegas. Yeah, long, it's, a, it's a long shot at this point, guys. But crazier things have happened, right? Crazier things have happened. Blaine Fowler is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, to what do you attribute BYU's struggles during that four-game losing streak and – primarily for the back half of conference season? Is it teams figuring out how to play BYU better and then the injuries to the big men? Like, wh where do you spin that wheel of blame, if you will, on why this has happened? Well, it's the two things that you talked about, but in reverse order. So the injuries didn't really affect BYU early, right after the injuries, uh, because teams weren't quite sure um, how – how to take advantage of that. And BYU was so good on the guard line during that time that, that they may do um, without Richie and without, without Gavin. Um, 
but then I think eventually there's really good coaches in this league and the team and the league's better this year and teams figured out um, how to attack deep or offensively against BYU's defense. And as good as Foose and Atiki are as freshmen, um, and we see him block shots, uh, but but they're not quite like Richie Harward back there, who has an unbelievable command of the defensive rotations. Not only is he getting to the spots quick, but he's making calls back there to make sure everybody else is in their rotations. And Gavin Baxter's a shot eraser. And also, they've been in the program so long that that one second on a rotation defensively is the difference between somebody having a pull-up and shoot a mid-range contested jump shot or getting all the way to the rim and finishing. And you see the field goal percentage that teams have shot down the stretch against BYU. It's, it's not BYU's offense that has problems, although there have been times when they're stagnant, when they when they start to, to double Alex 30 feet away from the basket. But I think BYU's figured that out. It's on the defensive end, in the back end, where sometimes they're slow on the rotations. The teams just get way too many easy buckets. And so it's... It's the combination of not having veterans back there. They have unbelievably talented young players back there. Um, but there's no substitute for understanding and just reacting on your rotations and not letting people get to the rim. And so to me, that's that's the reason. The inability to get stops and, and, the, and the, the tendency to let teams get to the rim when they want to get to the rim with rotations just being a little slower than they would be if you had those other two guys there. That's a long answer, but that's that's my take on it. Is Alex Barcelo a better shooter than Jimmer Fredette? Um, that's a good, that's he's certainly unbelievably consistent with his threes. Like percentage wise, I don't think you can argue. Um, and I, I was talking to to some of the other coaches this year, and they just said, "No, that people don't understand how good a shooter he is." They said he's he may be the best three point shooter in the country when it comes to just knocking down shots. Um, Jimmer had a better ability to take the ball off the dribble, create space and just elevate over the top of somebody and knock down that shot. Um, but, but Alex and that guy, if, if you leave him a tiny bit of room, like I expect every three point shot he takes to go down. That That's how good he is. So <laughs> they have a little bit, they have a little bit different way that they get their shot. You know, um, Jimmer's is a lot off, off the dress, taking people and, and, uh, you know, uh, pressing forward and then stepping back and knocking it down or dribbling off a screen. or, uh, But uh, I would think from a percentage-wise, it's hard to argue that, that Alex is maybe a more consistent three-point shooter. Blaine, let's finish with BYU football. Spring ball begins in just a week. What's the buzz around BYU football as Kalani Satake and company approach another spring season? It's interesting because it's so different than last year, the feel. Last year, there were a lot of new guys uh, that, that were coming in. And remember all the guys that left to go early um, to the NFL and you lose your first-round draft pick quarterback. And um, So as they were going through kind of player walkthroughs leading into spring ball, it was almost like they were starting from scratch. The feel this year is that they're just going to hit the ground running. They have so many returning guys on both sides of the ball that they don't have to spend much time and figuring out the basics of what they do in their packages, those are pretty much in before they even get to spring ball. So now it's some really fun position battles. Um, they're going to be way ahead in terms of what's installed for game one next fall, because they're going to be way ahead starting in spring ball. And I, I, I love that. That's why my expectations, and we talked about it on this show about this time last year for BYU. I thought if they got to eight wins last year, 
you know, that, that that would be really, really good based on inexperience. My expectations are, even with a crazy schedule, higher this year because I think they're a really veteran football team. And now I'm just going to be watching some of these great position battles, like the influx of new talent at running back. How's that going to shake out? Because there's some veteran group group coming back. A lot of veterans at wide receiver. But is this when Chase Roberts just steps up at wide receiver and we all go, yeah, that's the dude we thought we had when we recruited him. I think that's going to happen. I think Chase Roberts is going to emerge. And all of a sudden, you've got Romney and Nakua and Roberts. Maybe one of the best receiving cores in the country before it's all said and done. Keanu so Hill, I'm, Blaine? I'm yeah, Keanu. I, the, the fact that I'm mentioning him fourth is crazy. Right. right? Um, and, then, and then how's Kingsley going to assimilate in? Do they move some people around? Tons of offensive linemen. A bunch of guys played last year. We're back to where they were two years ago with a ton of depth on the offensive line. So offensively, I couldn't be more excited with a veteran quarterback coming back who's a potential NFL guy with a veteran deep offensive line with great receivers and uh, and loaded it running back and tight end. So, um, you know, we, we can talk about defense another time if you want to. I'm pretty I'm pretty bullish on the on the <laughs> defense as well. But but offensively, this is an unbelievably veteran group uh, that's just going to start with their full packages in right at the bring up, uh, beginning of spring ball. And and we watch some of these new guys come in and the and impact that they're going to have. Yeah, this is an exciting this is an exciting time, um, and we're going to see some stars emerge in spring ball that'll carry over to the fall. Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation, as promised, dual threat tackling basketball and football. Blaine, really, there isn't much of an off season for football anymore. I know it is, but hey, if we're in spring ball and we got the draft coming up, let's just let's ride the high. Yeah, and I'll tell you, like the veteran guys, they've been going through player walkthroughs where the players just get together in their off seasons. They're so veteran. They've been doing, they've been inserting uh, their offense and defense the last couple weeks before they even get to spring ball because they have it. enough veteran guys to be able to do that without coaches being out there, which is that puts you way ahead. So yeah, football is all se- it's all season wrong. You, you take a bre- all along, you take a breath for a couple of weeks in January, and you get back at it. And certainly that's been the case for BYU. So. Hey, I have to mention you guys. Um, I went to the women's basketball game Saturday. Yep. And my goodness, what an unbelievable, I'm not even going to say women's college basketball environment. What an unbelievable college basketball environment Saturday at the Marriott Center. It was off the charts, amazing and electric in there. And Juddy, I, I look at that team top to bottom depth. Front court, back court, they do not have a weakness. This team's going to do some damage in the NCAA tournament. I love the team that Juddy has. This has to be his best collection he's ever had. They are really good. Yes, and they just, need, they just need to validate it by getting back to his third Sweet 16. They, they have to get to the Sweet 16, and then we'll call them the best team in BYU history. Yeah, that was fun. And, and kudos to BYU. My shout-out today is to BYU's fan base that went yeah. on senior day and created an environment that very few men's college basketball teams have an environment to match what we all experienced Saturday in the Marriott Center. That was really cool. That's fantastic. Better than St. Mary's men's. Blackout, senior day. Oh, way better. Yes. Not close. <laughs> <laughs> Blaine delivering the good news as usual. Thanks for the time, man. All right, guys. Thanks. Uncle B on BYU Sports Nation. Coming up, is Ashley Hatch really good or a benefactor of BYU Sin Karma or both? And how high should the aforementioned BYU women's basketball team jump in the polls after that home beatdown of Gonzaga? A lot of teams above them lost. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk. 
enabling global trade for a growing world. On the newest Deep Blue podcast, I talk with BYU TV men's volleyball analyst Steve Vail about how he survived brain cancer and didn't miss a single broadcast. Incredible. Listen to it on the BYU radio app and where podcasts are found. He is Jeremiah Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation Loaded Monday show. To interact with it and get content throughout the day, follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. You know what time it is. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company, enabling global trade for a growing world. Being asked to ask this, so I'm going to say it. Is Tommy Cousy the new Matthew Dell? No. No. I don't think so. Nope. Next. <laughs> he had season highs in like everything, by the way. Like shots, shots made, threes, threes made, points. I said last year, if Tommy Cousy is your best player, you ain't a tournament team. Good for St. Mary's, it's not their best player. When we have a Tommy Cousy gnome on the desk, then he will be better than Matthew Delvadova, which will never happen. And here's how different the standards are for retiring your jersey, by the way. Matthew Delvadova's jersey was retired the year after. Uh-huh, if you uh-huh. yep. Jimmer's is still not. We're 11 years out. Just so oh, you know. Boy. Different standards. Okay. BYU women's basketball, dominant winners over Gonzaga. Another projected tournament team, second place in conference are the Zags. Yes. Beaten by 24, Jeremy. That was crazy, bro. BYU's beating WCC opponents at home by more than 30 points a game. And Gonzaga was 24. Well, it's sitting, man. How many spots should BYU women's basketball climb in the AP rankings today? They're number 20 right now. Yeah, they got to be at least 16. If they're not, that's a load of crock, okay? They should be a top 15 team. They should be a four seed. Yes. If they run the table and beat Gonzaga again in the WCC title game, which will happen, they should be a top four seed. Uh-huh. It doesn't mean they're going to host, though. The whole Sunday thing and making the gym okay. free and it's not gonna happen. So so listen to this. Okay. Number eighteen lost. Yeah. Number sixteen lost twice. Number fifteen lost twice. Mm-hmm. Number twelve lost twice. I see your point here. Number five lost twice last week. Oh, let's throw in Maryland, number thirteen. They lost. Number seventeen, Florida. They lost. Uh yeah, BYU should probably jump at least four spots, if well, not five. If they're so not, many teams lost. They're not at least sixteen garbage and 16 is the highest they've ever been they should be 15 right? they should be 14 make some, make some history what was the best part of a record 62 89 fans showing up to watch the uh, BYU women beat Gonzaga watching the emotions of the BYU basketball players and coaching staff as they came out starting lineups and saw all of the glow sticks the sheet drop marketing did it well it was amazing yeah. like Almost the entire lower bowl was filled. And then there were the blackout t-shirts. Yep. People knew what was on the line. Mm-hmm. And they showed up and showed out. This was well, the proper send-off for this amazing team. Yeah, I don't know if it was playing Gonzaga, but I think it was just a nod to the seniors. It really was. Like, hey, we want to be here? Oh, and it's Gonzaga? Oh, yeah, I'll be there. It being on a Saturday really helped as well. That was great. It was a perfect combination of those things. Saturday afternoon. Shout out to everybody who was there. It was incredible. Seeing the emotions of the BYU women's basketball players was something. Yeah. And Jetty running it up with two minutes left and then pulling them. No, I'm just kidding. That was great. Well, then Jeff Judkins (laughs) addressing the crowd after the broadcast went out the air and saying, thanks for being here. I'm watching this beat, Gonzaga. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. It was hilarious. Okay. Well, uh, Jerem, then there's this. Uh, not a feel-good moment for Juwan Howard over the weekend, the Michigan head coach. <laughs> With that in mind. Blaine, I don't think Blaine got my joke when I said I'd slap him. <laughs> should post-game handshake lines 
become a thing of the past? Should we do away with those? No, 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 no. They should still happen. Yeah, just simmer down a little bit. Um, a couple tweets that people said. Someone said, Juwan Howard needs a better get-back guy. <laughs> and then the other thing is, Michigan players still having trouble with timeouts. Oh. <laughs> Digging at Chris Webber, and Juwan yeah. was on that team. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Brutal. If you know, if you don't know that. I, listen, I understand that the emotions are super high. Like in a close game in February, as you're trying to make the tournament, March, like. It wasn't close. That was the issue I think he had was the called timeout yes. and it so not that, being. There. I'm just saying, like, if it were a close game and, like, something like, who cares? crazy called happened the timeout. and what. Who cares? But it, it wasn't a close game, but he had a bone to pick, and it's just like, you can handle that level. Get like, a bone ooh, to hit. Like, ooh. Ooh. You can, it was a slap. You can a- address this later. Like, let your emotions just calm down for a second. If you don't want to go through the handshake line and just say, you know what, I'm not in a good place right now, I'm not going to do it. Fine. Wait, Take yourself out of it. And, like, will he be suspended more than Mark Few was for a DUI is a question that people were asking. <sighs> it's a legit question. Probably. Because it, it was one game? Probably because of it how It feels public, like a multi-game thing. Probably because of how public it was. But a DUI is more serious than a slap. Yes, a so DUI is more there, serious, but this, it's not as public. But, People didn't see it unfold on TV. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a pretty interesting question. Okay, Ashley Hatch was the last player to score for the U.S. Women's National Team in 21. First score in 22. Skill, karma, or both? Oh, it's clearly both. But it is interesting Just that skill. every time she comes on the show, right before she plays for Team USA, that... She just happens to score a goal. Maybe we should have her on more often. Maybe we should. Uh-huh. Ashley, what do you think? Should we make this a thing? You just keep scoring goals? Yeah. Come on the show? Do we have a budget for it? Let's go. Yeah. How about this from Malik Moore, BYU safety over the weekend? Oh, he had everybody wondering what was going on. What was this? Sent out an official letter that essentially said, hey, I appreciate all the support. You know, and, and then he had a green dot and a blue dot in the initial post. And people were like, yep. is he transferring? Yeah. Well, he is transferring. He says, I'm sorry, PlayStation family, but Xbox might be taking over. Got to go with the winning team. Thank you. And then goes with the green dot. Jerem, are you team PlayStation or team Xbox? I don't have loyalty. I've never owned an Xbox. I still have a PlayStation 3, which I actually busted out last night randomly. Played a little FIFA 11. Oh, wow. (laughs) College football 14. So I have nothing that's new, obviously. Messi was like 25 years old on FIFA 11. I played Tecmo and NBA Jam last night as well. It was very fun. Wow. Uh, If I had to pick one, I'd probably lean Xbox, but I'm becoming quickly a Nintendo Switch guy. Mm. When you have kids, you go to the Switch. Exactly. People know. Exactly right. (laughs) Well played by Malik. Dan Lefebvre. Mm -hmm. Lefebvre? Lefebvre, perhaps, tweeted the following. Five most haunted places in Utah, number one. And he listed <laughs> under a, a church stage where you put like the table chair holders. Do you agree? Yeah, I haunted, <laughs> like haunted for me, th- that word might not hit here, but scary because I, yeah, when I was sure. a kid, I was always like, oh, there are spiders under there. There've got to oh. be like rats and mice. I ain't and, like, going under there. I'm never going to crawl Heck into no. that little space. What if you get stuck down there? Claustrophobia. Or someone sends the. Yes. Metal thing into me when I'm in there. Concusses you. You're left under there. I got a con- I almost got a concussion at a church activity one time. Sliding on the ice outside. It was winter. And I went back and then I leaned forward and boom, goose egg. I walk inside. Everyone's like, sit down. <laughs> I was 12. <laughs> yes, I'm not going in that. I'm always like getting like the, like my daughter or something. Like, hey, can you go in there? <laughs> Smaller than that. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I will still not 
crawl into that space. No thanks. <laughs> that, that, I agree. 100%. That wasn't tweeted to us. That was just random. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, crazy activities. Those are becoming a thing of the past as well. <laughs> hmm? With within the church parameters. No more sledding, no more go-karting, things oh, like that. Like the, the insurance liability. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The things that we did. <laughs> oh, and then the generations now. before us? Not like no seatbelts in cars? Like, what the freak? <laughs> Over the weekend, Kiki Solano. This might be her viral moment, Jerem. Accomplished a feat to prove her love of cheese by eating a whole wheel of mozzarella. Baxter, is that you? In 15 minutes. Are you impressed? And could you eat a whole wheel of cheese in 15 minutes? I probably could do this, um, but not like Kiki. Not, I mean, maybe. This is this is impressive. Kiki does a lot of amazing things. We now add this to the list. I just keep asking why. Why? Why? Ask yourself why not. Uh, <laughs> is she, has anybody checked on her after? Is she okay? You know, you know those. <laughs> Yeah, she out today? She, she, she going to show up for work today? You know, like the tiny wheel of cheese that had, like, at Costco or whatever, had, yes. like, the little red cover that you take off? Yeah, work? yeah. The, uh, Those are delicious, right? Something bad. I bet I could do a whole wheel of that. Oh, one of those I'd, tiny I'd wheels? I'd probably do the second thing that Baxter did as well in the quote from Anchorman, if you know, you know, <laughs> after that. But anyway, <laughs> coming up. <laughs> I just keep thinking Mirabelle, but that's from a Disney movie. What Not, movie is that? Encanto. Name oh. of the character. Oh, Mira, yeah. It's, yeah. Some, it's something Bell. Those little wheels of cheese. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. What? Baby Bell. Thank you. Baby thank Bell. You staff okay, members thank you. in studio. They played the bomb music. We gotta go. Coming up. Have I locked up the double down championship yet? Oh boy. And uh, has the BYU men's basketball NCAA tournament bubble burst? We'll discuss with some of more uh, some more of your tweets. This is BYU Sports Nation. You already talked about Bruno. That's BYU. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Listen, we have several social media outlets you can consume the show on. Try our YouTube channel. We cut up the interviews. We've got whole episodes as well. You can watch them on the BYU TV app, of course, too. Subscribe today on the BYUSN YouTube channel. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Let's get to some of your tweets. But I want to bring up one first that is unrelated to our question of the day, but still Wait, related to the show. Jordan's like, uh-oh, what is it? Rogue talent. Please, please no. <laughs> Violet Zavodnik, star softball player for the BYU Cougars, who are 8-1. They've yep. won eight games in a row. Yeah, baby. She came on the show. We introduced mm-hmm. her to the karma, told her all about it. Yep. She knew. Signed the flag. Okay, the manifestation was made clear. Full manifestation. <laughs> she just tweeted two minutes ago, BYU Sports Nation gives some good karma. Yes, yes, Violet. But it's not powerful enough for men's do? hoops. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's been diluted in some form at some point. Listen, <laughs> they talked about Bruno, and that's on them. Oh, boy. What are we supposed to do? Our question of the day, back to BYU men's basketball. Has the bubble burst for the NCAA tournament at-large bids, or do you still feel like they can make the tournament as an at-large team? I like we say at-large like there's a chance to win the tournament. Well, we got to be technical, right? we got to be technical. <laughs> Brian Buss on Twitter. Yeah. Unless the selection committee has already put together the field of 68, officially there is still a chance. Granted, odds of getting an at-large bid are about the same as getting an automatic bid. Yeah, what's better, getting the automatic bid? No, 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 no. The at-large bid is still way better than an auto bid. So, Come on. So uh, 5% compared to 1. Sweet. BYU. Okay, you're going on team rankings. Chance. Are you thinking 5%? Are you with team rankings on that? I don't know. I think that's too low. I don't know. 
They're the third team out in bracketology. I'm too mad to be rational. <laughs> and the truth shall set you free. <laughs> but I'm also open to new info <laughs> helping me learn. No, I appreciate the yeah. clarity there. Like, yeah. I'm too mad to be rational. That's a real thing. I've actually cooled off. It's a real sure thing. Good. Uh, Brian continues. Both things require BYU to just win. Starts with LMU and Pepperdine, then moves to the West Coast Conference Tournament. BYU might have to beat LMU twice, depending on who they would match up with if they indeed are the five seed and have to play on Friday night. Compelling and rich. Can't wait for that. Just get to San Francisco. Give me San Francisco on Saturday. Now, here's the real story behind what's happening with BYU men's basketball. I've saved it for 50 minutes. Are you ready? Are you? I don't know if you're ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. At BYU TV, we haven't traditionally had a lot of BYU men's basketball games on the air. They make it to the semifinals or the quarters. We don't see them. Yep. This year, for some reason, we didn't ask them. They just did this. They decided they would like to be on BYU TV for an extra game. Let's help them out. On Friday. Let's help them out. So that's why that's why BYU is going to be a How many team. times has BYU been on TV? That's not true. On BYU TV? One time. Twice? In the back half of conference when they have struggled the most. Oh, that part? Oh, I don't know. Rarely. Yeah, this year, nothing. Exactly. The CBS Sports Network. We need to give them their moment. Maybe the karma for BYU men's basketball happens when they are on the airwaves of BYU. Uh, They were on the air for UVO. Just point that out. (laughs) Don't let facts get in the way of a good story, Jerem. (laughs) (sighs) Hey, BT Dub. Baseball playing right now, 20 minutes in, up 4 nothing. Top On of the Ohio first State? against Ohio State. A grand slam by Hayden Latham. Go, Hayden. What's up? You can listen to that on uh, BYU Radio 107.9 FM. BYU Cougars app, by the way. Spencer Rosenhan answers Jason our question Shepard. of the day on Twitter. Yeah, Jason Shepard's on the call. If BYU makes it to the West Coast Conference championship game and look convincing doing it, they'll be praying for a last four <laughs> they, in bid. Bro, they ain't getting to the championship game if they have to go through Gonzaga as the four or the five. It's all about... BYU's not going to be the two or the three now. It's it's, all, it's it's almost over because we're we're praying for a matchup San Francisco. with San Francisco. Yes, And we don't all know about if BYU wins that. Like, hopefully they will, right? If BYU beats San Francisco before they would have to then play Gonzaga... You ain't getting to the title game, period. Like, it's just whether they can get to the semis through San Francisco. That's the hope, okay? Win four in a row. Win four in a row. Win the two this week, then beat whoever you got to beat Friday night. Saturday. Then win Saturday then against San Francisco. Monday, lose by less than 23. Look okay. <laughs> now you got a chance. To the unanimous, by the way, number one team in the country. Spencer Rosen says, I put their chances under 1%. What? What is happening? You're lower than team rankings. Team Rankings too low. Some random website. We're like, they know sports. Coming up, a BYU volleyball reunion on the recruiting front. And a rise and shout out to BYU fans for showing out on Saturday. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the pod, man. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, and review for us. Someone just suggested that we should do prop picks for women's basketball, Jeremy. <laughs> to give Spencer a better chance for more games. <laughs> Sorry, who calls more women's sports of BYU on the planet than you and I? Oh, nobody. We love them. They're the best. All right, speaking of those prop picks, let's recap what happened on Saturday night. Yeah, let's do it. We each give two picks. You get both right. You get a total of three points. Each one's worth one if you only get one right. 
Number one, over-under was 95 in the first meeting. I said it's going to go over 120. Ding. Over, there it is, 133. Yeah, baby. Number two, Ken Palm at St. Mary's by seven. I said BYU covered that. Ding. Yeah, five points. <clears throat> Three points for Jerem. All right. Uh, man, I, I, I thought they might do it, but then they turned the ball over. I said BYU will have a halftime lead. And a shot. Didn't make it happen. BYU trailed by four down. I said BYU will out-rebound the Gales. That happened 34-26. I expected the effort and the hustle to be there on the glass. It was too many turnovers, Jerem. Too many turnovers. Updated standings. Jerem has 37 points on the season. I have 22. We're going to say there are about five to seven games left, depending on how things go for There's BYU. a minimum of three, right? Yes. There's a minimum of three. We know that. Anticipating We don't know the five? end game. <laughs> how many games could BYU win in the NIT if it comes to that? Let's not talk we about should, that. We should do that. prop picks for women's basketball in the tournament. Let's throw those in as well. You're trying to stretch uh-huh. that? So you have yeah, absolutely I am. <laughs> Change the rules to cater to what's convenient for you. I'm not yet mathematically eliminated. <laughs> Our question of the day Just has mentally eliminated. the BYU men's basketball NCAA tournament at-large bubble burst, or do you feel like they could still make it? Our elite voice of the day presented on, by baby. Sundance Mountain Resort, Sydney Bowerbank on Instagram says, of course they can. <laughs> if they can win the West Coast Conference Tournament. In other words, absolutely no chance. Why is that the elite voice of the day? You put in somebody that says no chance for the elite voice of the day. What is wrong with everyone today? <laughs> Gosh. Uh, Today's rise and uh, shout-outs presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Whoever let that one by the gatekeeper, you don't get a rise and Well, you know out. who the gatekeeper is. <laughs> How about to the 6,289 BYU fans who showed up for women's basketball and that dominant win at the Mary Center on Saturday. And in Kansas City on the recruiting trail for volleyball, David Hyde, Carlos Miranda, Lucas Lobby, Jeremiah Larson, Trent Sorensen, all with different schools repping BYU men's volleyball from the Our thanks to today's guest, Blaine Fowler. Sorry to Dennis. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Aaron Thorne. See you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation.